1: work hard for your money for the next hour you're going to learn
0: how to keep what's yours capital advisory group presents keep what's yours here is josh gilbert and jeff zufall hello and welcome to keep what's yours with jeff zufall i'm josh gilbert sitting here with jeff zufall senior tax strategist and wealth advisor with capital advisory group hello jeff
1: hey happy saturday
0: Happy Saturday to you, too, and we are in the thick of it, off and running. We
1: are definitely in the thick of it. <laughs>
0: Coming up on mid-February, and tax time is in full swing. Yes. Everybody should have their W-2s,
1: right? W-2s should be out. Um, most of your bank interest, Our things we're waiting for currently are your brokerage statements, your your true 1099, DIVs, uh, interest, so on and so forth. Um, but they should be out. Shortly. I say shortly. Yeah, well, we um, have
0: <laughs> talked about this last year. We talked about it the year before that. Don't file your taxes too soon because yes. sometimes they only send you over some preliminary numbers. These are fat finger numbers. Yes. And then like two <laughs> or three weeks later. You, they'll send you the real one. They'll send you the real number. Well, yes. I've already you know submitted my taxes with, with your preliminary and exactly.
1: numbers. And sometimes it's a subtle change where they move – Interest income to dividend or vice versa. And it's, you know, a couple hundred dollars back and forth and that's it. Um, But again, it's not, it's not, if it's not reported correctly on a tax return, it's going to raise a flag at some point in time.
0: And the government gets the final numbers. So yes. if your tax return doesn't match their, the government, the government knows everything. Yeah. And we say this every Get week. It. Why don't they just tell me what I owe? <laughs> it's, ne- it's never going to happen. Not like that. not that easy. Big tax prepare companies out there. They just don't want to give up their stranglehold yes. on making it as as difficult as possible. You exist, uh, Jeff, to, to do our taxes. And I, I bet you exist. Kind of begrudgingly.
1: Um, yeah, kind of got into it. One family business didn't have any choice, kind of got pushed into it, I would say, um, at a young age and was like, hey, okay. So yes, kind of took the reins and ran with it. But the way we look at it is it's it's more of a, a tax planning. Uh, so yes, we prepare your tax return. We get down in the trenches, you know, this time of year. But the trick to it is, is whatever you do on a tax return, Or whatever you do in your financial life, the two crisscross and they touch each other on a regular basis whether you realize it or not.
0: So a lot of times we hear that uh, our financial planners that we go to don't really touch on the tax
1: end of it. They they talk tax planning, tax strategy, but at the end of the day, they're not signing your return and they're not doing your return. So they could kind of vary a little bit. Um, I see it all the time. Uh, miscommunication they say hey we're gonna sell this it turns out that it's a uh, it's a short-term capital gain so a short-term capital gain becomes ordinary income a long-term capital gain is basically you know it's a 10 or 15 or i'm sorry 15 or 20 percent tax uh, angle on it right we see people show up all the time they're like hey you know they did this trade it was short term made a ton of money you know look at we made a 30 percent rate of return in six months but you got to pay ordinary income on it, um, so we see different stuff like that where it's just it's a part of its miscommunication. Um, we see tons of people saying, "Oh, convert your Roth, convert your convert your IRA to a Roth. It's the best way to go." Sometimes it makes zero sense. You just incur a tax just for the the luxury to have it tax deferred. Other times it works beautifully. So
0: yeah, so the idea of Having the guy that helps you make your financial decisions is also the guy that's doing your taxes exactly. at the end of the year. Yeah. One-stop shopping. Yes. You know, we could say, "Hey, let's sell this," and you could say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Yeah. Let's do the math on that.
1: We'd look at it on, in a situation like that. We look at it in two angles. One is, okay, you sold it, or you want to sell it, or we want to sell it for you. <clears throat> at the end of the day, what is the net effect? How's it going to, you know? So you make a ten percent rate of return, but you give three percent of it back in tax. Okay, I'll take that. You know, are are there shares that you're sitting on that you know someday may come back? Um, I hear that all the time. Like, oh, I'm waiting for it to come back to break even. Right. No, <laughs> sell it, take the loss,
0: get it off the books. get it off
1: the books, reset the deck because the time that it takes for that stock to come back where it came from, you can put it in something else and make your money back. Absolutely. You know, I mean, again, it's the world of investing, so risk sure. is always at hand, but. That's the general consensus behind it. But so.
0: tying your money up in a loser when you can just, you know, yeah, cut your losses, call it a get day, get the cash back, and put it into something else. Yes, you can make more money doing that. Yeah. And then, what is the tax implications of everything? Exactly, everything we do with our money has a tax. At implication. some point in time, it's
1: going to hit your tax Somewhere. return.
0: So yes. having someone make our our financial decisions, keeping in mind. The taxes. What's
1: the net? What's what's, what's the, the net, net in your pocket? Because the, the end last
0: of the day? thing I want to do is make financial maneuvers and then come and see you, oh, you or see my that. tax person and kind <laughs> of find out
1: what'd you do? Why'd oh, you do that? Yeah. Well, if I would have
0: <laughs> known it would have made this big of a tax implication, I exactly. might not have made that decision.
1: Exactly. Or somebody calls and says, "Hey, I want to buy an RV. Um, I need uh, three hundred thousand, three hundred and I think it's three hundred and ten dollars 315 is what the RV was, and they want to pull it from their IRAs. So not even thinking to get $300,000, we have to pull five hundred dollars from the account, makes no sense. Yeah, because you've got to pay exactly. that much so, in taxes. Now maybe do a down payment, finance it if you can, and then take monthly payments from your IRA to pay for it, and you're going to reduce the overall, the annual outlay right. from taxes. It's still going to cost you. But it's not as bad as taking three hundred grand.
0: Taking three hundred thousand dollars, big lump sum, that mm-hmm. means you have three hundred thousand dollars in income yes. that year. Yes. And so, what is your tax rate going to be? Well, it's, it's going to be going
1: to be up there in the thirties. <laughs> yes. You know.
0: So why not just take you know twelve hundred bucks out a month?
1: Exactly. Whatever that payment comes out to be, and we're waiting for those numbers back. Um, but take that out of your IRA on a monthly basis.
0: You know, and uh, what's twelve hundred bucks <laughs> times twelve forty four thousand dollars? Exactly. You know what's what's the tax rate on forty four thousand dollars? Well, some are probably in the twenties. Exactly. So. Well, but if
1: you took three hundred, well, really you'd have to take to pay the tax. You'd have to take. Uh, probably four fifty. Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, see, they
0: want three fifteen for the yeah. RV, and you take out three fifteen, and then the government takes Says, their taxes. Hey, you
1: owe us, you know, ninety thousand dollars. Now all of it. a sudden, I'm short ninety
0: thousand yeah. dollars at the RV dealership. Yes. So everything we do has a tax implication, and the whole point of Jeff zuvall senior tax strategist and wealth advisor with Capital Advisory Group. The whole point is that he wants to help you understand yes. what that's going to be. You can make up your own mind at the end of the Ooh, day. We'll
1: show you the numbers. And again, math always wins. <laughs>
0: math always wins. Just say, hey, I want it and I want it paid off. My wife's big on paying stuff off. Yes. You know, but it might be smarter to take a loan. Depends. Take a mortgage out. Exactly. A-
1: you have to do the math on it to see where it comes out. One of the big things out there used to be is uh, mortgage you know, your home, we'd be like, ah, mortgage it to the hilt. Why? Because you could itemize your deductions and you could take that, a piece of that mortgage interest that you were paying and write it off. So literally the feds were helping supplement your house, whether you realize it or not. Now with the repeal of SALT, which is state and local tax, basically everything's capped at 10 grand. There's times bulk people cannot Itemize anymore, so it makes no sense. It's a right. real cost. It costs you if you have a mortgage and it's a 3% interest rate, it costs you 3% to hold that.
0: And the idea that maybe, you know, well, I've been doing this for years. Well, the laws have changed.
1: Exactly. So yes. unless
0: <laughs> yes. you're, you know, rolling along with the United States government and the tax code, you might not have known that it has changed. Exactly. And, and you, you can't might, take
1: that deduction. You um,
0: might be behind the, you might go into do your taxes and they, well, Here's something that we've been talking about the past couple of weeks. You go in to do your taxes this year and all of a sudden you owe money, whereas last year you You, collected.
1: Most people collected. Um, We're seeing more people this year, um, normal, not, you know, people with, you know, capital gains and all kinds of crazy, but normal middle America and their refunds are way lower than where they were last year and are in some cases, they owe a little bit of money. So. Big picture, don't expect to walk in and repeat what took place in 2021 for 2022's tax returns because we're not seeing it. It's just I, all of a sudden, so, you know. One you of the big ones was, and again, it's not a big deal, but you got $300 or $600 for our charitable contribution oh, yeah, that you yeah, don't yeah. pay tax on. Um, every return that I see, people have $605 of Charitable contribution are $320. I got caught on that. Can't can't take it. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, I donated last year to Backstoppers. Yep. And
0: I, well, I'll save the receipt. I'll give it to Jeff. Yeah. It's not a thing this year.
1: Yeah. So what we're seeing is, and again, here's a, it's just a planning trick. If you have a corporation, not a sole proprietor, sole proprietor or, a, or an LLC that's a single member, it's a, what's referred to as a disregarded entity, which means it falls back on your own personal tax return. You can't take a deduction there. But if you have a corporation and you want to be charitable, do it through your corporation. Um, it's the easiest way to do it. An S-Corp, a real corporation, You know, an, L- an LLC that's a real partnership has more than just you. <laughs> yeah, There's multiple people there. Um, so that's a big one right there.
0: Child tax credits have changed yes. in the past year. We were getting a kind of a bonus child tax credit through COVID. That ended, and this past year, it's, it's not
1: a thing anymore. It's not, but in the State of the Union address, it was brought up. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. So he, uh, you know, President kind of talked about it like, hey, help, you know, families. So it's possible that that's out there on a drawing board someplace, and they're going to try and bring it back.
0: And we talked uh, famously, Joe Manchin said, yes. no, I don't want that inflated child tax credit he every was year. was adamantly against it. It was always two grand and you got it at the end of the year. Yeah. And on your tax
1: return. And on was- your
0: tax return. But through COVID, we were getting,
1: you know, for my son who was under two, we were getting 300 bucks a month. Either, either got 250 or 300 depending upon the age of the child. Um, and that was from July 5th for it, 15th maybe? July to December. Um, No questions asked. You could bank it, get it on your return. You could take half in cash, get the credit. But we've defaulted, if you want to call it that, defaulted back to the $2,000 a child period. So on on a tax return, you know, you don't so, get cash right.
0: And, <laughs> and for my instance, if if we were expecting thirty six hundred bucks back, and mm-hmm. we we're only getting two grand, that's a sixteen hundred dollars swing.
1: Yeah, take so, that times two, three, four, five kids, five kids, and it starts getting really expensive, really fast. Right. So, so
0: a lot of people these days, as they're going in, uh, what Jeff is seeing is people thinking that they will get be these. getting refunds. Yeah. And, they might actually and, and be owing this it, year. The
1: refunds are reduced from where they were. And again, I'm not a big, um, I'm not a big, oh, get a $10,000 refund from the IRS. Yes, it's for savings. There's better ways to do it. Um, and again, it, you know, you might get a $6,000 refund last year and you're getting $1,000 back and the clients, what'd you miss? That's, right. <laughs> well, we didn't it's miss like, anything. We didn't miss anything. It's just the new things setup and things have changed.
0: And again, yeah. I stress this all the time. The government will change the tax laws. Maybe they'll announce it. Maybe you'll see it on C N B C. Yeah. But nobody comes to my house to tell me.
1: Nobody no, never
0: nobody came to tell me. You know, I donated to backstoppers when, when we did the backstoppers radio yes. thon last yes. year. We did it this year in mm-hmm. January. We did it last year in January. I donated back then thinking I would get it. Well, yeah. lo and behold, you told me a couple months ago. <laughs> No charitable deductions yeah. anymore. So, well, so, I wish they would have told me.
1: So the, the concept is you, you look at f- most of the charities out there are these non-for-profits and you go, ooh, is it going to hurt them this year? Right. Uh, because again, I think that's why when they changed the SALT, which is the state and local tax where you can't really itemize, a lot of people just quit giving uh, because they weren't getting a tax benefit. So then they brought back the – I think it was in 2020 it was 300 bucks everybody just straight across the board single married whatever <clears throat> and then in 2021 they went 300 single uh, 600 married flying jointly and then in 2022 they just said nope don't exist Nothing. <laughs>
0: and jeff always says it's not in your best interest to yeah, yeah. Give a charitable donation as a financial decision. Yeah. You know. As
1: looking for a tax break right. in a sense. But again, if if it was do it on the table. because it's a good cause exactly. and you want to do it. But if it was on the table and it said, hey, you could give this money to this charity and get a tax break or no. Most people will say no and they quit they won't do it. Right. Um, so again, at the end of the day, you say how many of the non profits and the charities are going to step up and say, wait, we don't have the funding we need. Give us that back. Yeah, and then maybe they could push the issue to get the feds to say, hey, we'll give it back to you or change SALT. Um, Again, that's been brought up multiple times. They've looked at it and they passed on it.
0: So 1099 SALT, charitable donations, this, that and the other, people might start getting dizzy out there (laughs) on their radios. And that's the point. This stuff is complicated. How do you navigate your way through it? Well, you have a buddy in Jeff Zufall to help you do it. And exactly. To, in most parts, do it for you. Yeah. You know, because a lot of these things I come in, I just push all my stuff over to your side of the table. And <laughs> I said, Jeff, call me when you're done. Yep. Uh, you know, you might have some questions. But yeah. we the receipts in the shoebox, that is done. Don't do that anymore. That is a terrible way yes. for you Scan to do it.
1: it. Upload it to Dropbox. Any There's so many of these different uh, – Create a, yeah. a spreadsheet. You know. Digital places. Um, put it on a thumb drive, whatever the case is. And again, don't please don't bring me a thumb drive. Um, right. Our office policy is no thumb drives. We don't know where it But it's if been. you need to access it <laughs> – I have a notebook that I keep in the office that is unconnected to my server. Um, that I could plug it in if I had to to extract that data. Sure, um, but again, it, we don't really like it just because we have a no no click policy is what we call it.
0: I mean, um, yeah, you know, you don't want to get a virus. No, because yeah. I don't know where that
1: thing's been. Um, we used to give out tax the actual completed tax return on thumb drives, but yet said, "Hey, we won't we won't accept anything on a thumb drive." So we had to.
0: <laughs> but if if you did need to see the receipts.
1: Keep them, have them. Exactly. We could see them, but I don't need them. Log them
0: them on a spreadsheet. Yes. And if the government comes back and says, well, we need to see this actual receipt, we know where to go to find
1: it. It's either the IRS or the state agencies that you would want to be able to present them a, I'll say, a accurate receipt. um, If needed. If needed. Only if they ask for it, though. Mm -hmm. Um, Only if they say prove these deductions or prove this. So um,
0: jot down the correct numbers, yeah. <laughs> but just have you know in a file folder somewhere a backup yeah. to say, hey, the, the IRS is
1: questioning this. Well, here it is. My question you know, or my, my concept is this, is with the IRS hiring more people, at some point in time, they will get to the point where they start to reach out to people and actually say, hi, we're the IRS. We'd like to talk to you. It's an informal audit. Um, could be done by letter, could be in person. Typically, if you're in person, it's you' in, you're in trouble <laughs> yeah, um, but save the receipts digitally because again, you go get gas if you're writing off gas and you get the little I don't know what you want to call it the little receipt from the the, the pump um, make a copy of it. It's six months from now you you won't even be able to read it. So if you save all your receipts and you go, hey, I got this giant file folder of all this stuff. But yet it's the receipts like yeah, that. those receipts fade over time. They're blank. Yeah. So scan them, put them in Dropbox, put them in some digital format that you could reference. Hopefully you never have to ever open that file. But if you do, it's there. And then we have a digital vault that we use. And that's what we use the digital vault for is have the clients upload their stuff or we upload it for them. And that way it's digital. If we ever need to go search for a 1099, a receipt, whatever the case may be, it's out there on our on our fault. Uh,
0: so that is kind of the idea. And we are going to talk about the IRS hiring more. Um, who is up for audit? Well, you know. No one. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see uh, how that all goes. We'll talk about it. It is Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. The idea is that everything that you do in your life when it comes to money has some sort of tax implications yes. on it. Are you taking the deductions that you can be taking? Are you making the right taxable decisions? I tell the story of, of my life and, and my son's schooling. Jeff, just the other morning I walked in and I saw a new family there with a little newborn and they were in the office <laughs> talking and I walked by and I overheard the mom say, uh, well, we've got a flexible spending account and it, it goes right. up to $5,000. And and I, I, you know, I'm walking my son <laughs> to his classroom and I'm thinking to myself, oh, I, that's what we do that's too. Right. You know, that's right. I wanted to go up and say, hey, we're one of those families too. <laughs> it's a way to save money out of your paycheck. It, it's pre-tax. It, it doesn't get taxed by the federal government. Yep. And as long as you use it to pay for – schooling schooling higher education
1: something down that path you have health care too which those are a little different from a a standard hsa but it's okay
0: it will never be taxed yes and that is something that the federal government is is doing for our benefit yes you know what have you done for me lately well you helped (laughs) me keep 1200 bucks that's right last year and this year And, and the idea being that I'm going to have to pay for school anyway. Yes. Might as well do it with tax-deferred money. Yeah. And the government says, fine, good. Yeah, I'm, We're glad that I always make the joke that when they see my tax returns, somebody runs over and rings a bell. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. There's someone's someone's yeah. using the tax code have to their benefit. That? You know, someone must have hired Jeff Zufall <laughs> to set up their FSA for them. And you could be doing it too. Jeff always says if you aren't doing anything as far as your taxes go to keep a little bit more of your money, there's bound to be something out yes, there.
1: Every, everybody can do at least something.
0: At least something. So we'll go to commercial break. But when we come back, State of the Union address, <laughs> what was said and what do we need to know? And you know, as far as interpretations go, what was the truth about some of these things that was said? We'll get to the bottom of that. Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall, Capital Advisory Group. Here's the number, 636-394-5524. Give Jeff a call and just say, hey, I heard the show, and I want to do a flex spending account. I want to do a health savings account. I want to keep a little bit more of my money. Jeff, hook me up, (laughs) and we can get started. We can do that. Keep What's Yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. Here's the number, 636-394-5524. We'll be giving it out often and uh, we'll be letting you know that if you aren't doing anything when it comes to tax mitigation in retirement, if you're not doing anything when it comes to minimizing your tax liability every two weeks when you yes. get a
1: paycheck weekly monthly however you get paid
0: there's something you can be doing and all it takes is a call to jeff 636-394-5524 get an appointment on the calendar go see him bring him a couple of years tax returns
1: two years tax returns <clears throat> any of your financial statements that you have a couple of paycheck stubs probably that two bad. paycheck stubs current paycheck stubs um, and
0: you can even just eyeball it and and say well you're not Withholding enough,
1: yeah. Typically, we can do it pretty quick. Size up what your return looks like if your income is the same, and we see your, you know, your paycheck stub, and it, you, you you know, you've got a five percent federal withholding, could be an issue.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and you know, we've had somebody here at the station. I won't say what their name is, but they said I owe every year, and I'm (laughs) sick of this. You know, what can I do? Can Jeff look at my stuff? I said, yeah, he could probably look at your paycheck stub. And tell you, and the that's first where thing, at, yeah, yeah, the first thing you thought was, well, they're probably not withholding enough. Yeah, um, so that's one thing that you might want to go into into Jeff and talk about. If you're paying taxes every year, at the end you owe every year, you got to do something. Yeah, uh, and no one gets to zero.
1: It's not possible. It's, you could buy dumb luck get there um, if you really, really, really planned as you went forward. But typically, most people's returns there's too much going on. It's going to be you know, net zero is you owe three hundred bucks or you get a refund of three hundred bucks. Right. No
0: one really <laughs> can. It's just such a, a moving target. The whole year that it's probably tough to get to zero,
1: but mm-hmm.
0: the last thing you want to do is owe, you know, three grand.
1: Well, yeah, or 30. <laughs> or 30 grand. Yeah, yeah that's the last <laughs> I've thing. I've seen a couple of those, and I got to be the bearer of bad news. Oh, that's terrible. To say, oh, you owe a little tax, and uh, here's well, you know, after they're done crying, I got to get the Kleenex out and then right. explain to them how we're going to address it.
0: Well, let's talk about that because uh, <clears throat> there's a story. That the IRS is hiring a bunch of agents and they said uh, we're going to go after people who are either not filing proper tax returns or purposely so, trying to dodge their taxes. Yeah.
1: So that's what they're saying is small businesses, again, they say that you know that it's only if you're over 400,000 is the mantra, um, You know, that that's the people that are going to get audited, so on and so forth. But some of these independent, um, I call them think tanks, you know, the tax, uh, whatever you want to call them, uh, the, um, kind of the think tanks where they put stuff together and go, "Hey, this is really going to cost us," or "Hey, it's a net benefit." Oh At the yeah, end of the
0: day. Right. here's the proposal. This yeah. is what it would look like,
1: boots on the ground. They're coming back saying two hundred thousand or less small, bu- small business revenue of two hundred thousand or less are going to be the targets. So one of the first things I say that the IRS has thrown out there is basically that they are going after tip wages that are unreported tip wages. So you go, hmm, they finally hired some people. Um, you can say the phone's improved a little bit, um, but we haven't got that deep into it just yet. That's yeah. coming in the next couple of weeks where there will be tons of questions and issues that have to be you know, addressed.
0: The IRS has hired 5,000 customer service reps because yes. over the last year <laughs> – if you called the IRS, only 13 percent of people actually got through to somebody. Yeah.
1: So you go, man, man that's pretty terrible. terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. But so here's here's the second joke <clears throat> that goes down that path. Um, so Janet Yellen is our Treasury Secretary. She looks like your, your grandmother. You know? Yeah. Um, so she has vowed that she's going to increase basically their IRS's phone service and she's going to get it to – Eighty-five percent.
0: So that—that's the target she's shooting for. She <laughs> Most will, people you know, would say,
1: "Hey, we're going to at least get hundred percent." We're going to get
0: ninety-nine percent of every yeah. phone call, and not... anybody that doesn't answer the phone, we're going to fire
1: them. Yeah. You know, and the, instead of shooting at eighty-five, but hey, that's at least that's an improvement from where we were.
0: And uh, and you said that even eighty five percent is probably too optimistic. So
1: a lot of the data we get is from Kiplinger's, right? It's a lot of the you know kind of I don't want to say opinions on it, but um, and tax facts um, that that throw this stuff out there, and they're laughing at it, saying that's way too optimistic. Eighty five percent is never going to happen. Yeah. So you got to figure they hired five thousand people. Okay, Um, where they where they put them though? And they don't really tell us where they what service centers they put them in. They could put a you know, a thousand of them in one service center and spread the rust out across a country. So right. we'll see. But those are people that are supposed to answer the phone. Period. Customer yeah, yeah. service, that's all they do.
0: Here's a phone. Yep. Sit here. If the phone rings, pick it up and say it
1: rings, uh, pick it up. IRS. Yeah. <laughs> and then say How can I help you? We can't help you, but you gotta go to this department. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um
0: so so there's that. But you mentioned that they're going to be trying to go after uh, tip wage earners. So their first
1: announcement for this year, if you want to call it that, typically they'll have three or four different programs that they throw out. Um, First one that they're going after is unreported tip income. So they're basically going after your waiter and waitresses. In, In the industry, yeah, there's a lot of cash. You'd stick it in your pocket, call it a day. But, I mean...
0: Come On (laughs) okay, so let's rewind and just say that when they're when the IRS is going after somebody by the letter of the law, these are people that either didn't prepare their tax forms properly, yes, maybe they are suspected of cheating on their taxes. Typically,
1: where you should have report, reported a hundred dollars in tips every night, or every two nights, or every week, and you didn't.
0: And and they're going after people who, you know, God bless them, they just didn't want to file a tax return this that year, too. last year, or three so, years ago, or whatever. Yes. So technically speaking, letter of the law, these people are are not. Yeah, you're not not you're on not, the up and up. They're not on the taxes. up and up.
1: But I think it's low lying fruit for the IRS. It's right. easy pickings. Um, so,
0: but the, the people, I mean, I've worked in the restaurant industry for years, Jeff. I can tell you right now, uh, it ain't people, you know, claiming all their tips on their taxes. No, 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 uh, no. And,
1: and even, I won't say the restaurant that's right here, but a very good restaurant right here actually will force every day. They collect tips. They don't care how it comes in, cash, credit card, whatever. And then it's reported on their W 2s. So, so that way, the, 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 Restaurant owner is not at fault at the end of the day.
0: The rest, right. one of the restaurants I worked at, um, you know, and everybody pays credit card these yes. days, so it's unavoidable. You know, yep. the tips right there, the restaurant logs it, and you know, I get a paycheck and, exactly, and they take uh, the taxes there's, out of my paycheck. And there's
1: no cheating in a sense because it's on a credit card. There's there's a paper trail goes back to that you know, customer's client. Or, Customer's credit card, so they can't say, Oh, hey, I got 50 bucks. I jammed up my pocket and walked away. But when so, it comes to cash payments, diff- totally different story.
0: totally different scenario. <laughs> I could throw that in my pocket and yeah. say, You know, uh, say, well, they took cash, <laughs> yeah, they took me 50 bucks, but I can say, Boy, these cheapos only they gave, gave me 10. 10. They yeah, gave me 10 bucks, and boom, 40 bucks hidden from the IRS. Yes, I knew a girl, and I'm not going to say her name. <laughs> but she went to go buy a house, and the bank wouldn't give her a loan mm-hmm. because on paper she made twenty five thousand exactly. dollars a year. Well, she ended up buying that house in
1: cash, cash. Yeah,
0: Jeff, because you know, and I don't know how the bank was able to kind of look the other way on these things. Well,
1: they probably wouldn't, but if she was jamming that cash in a checking account, <clears throat> there is a paper trail. That's what they're looking for. So when they say cash, it's just you have the cash in a bank someplace or in some account and you're wiring it over. It's not that the old days of uh, you're going to bring a duffel bag of cash to closing. Right. That will raise a few flags. Um, You will probably be arrested before you get out. Um, But that's what they mean by cash.
0: And and this this idea that, you know, yes, are they nickel and diming the the working stiffs out there? Absolutely. But the fact of the matter is – uh, this woman was able to buy a house with money that she never, yeah. you know, I mean, <laughs> let's just say $250,000, yeah. you know, taxed at a 25% rate. It's a bunch of money. That's a bunch of money that the IRS is saying, hey, that should have been ours, not theirs. And yeah. look, I'm I'm a, a man of the people, oh, yeah. uh, you know, these hardworking waiters and waitresses out there, yep. um, you know, they're. They're working their knuckles to the bone. Restaurant work is tough. So if anybody deserves a little break on the taxes and look the other way, it's them. But at the end of the day, letter of the law, they should be claiming all of those taxes. So So I think it's nickel and diming, yes.
1: So anybody listening that works in the restaurant industry, um, we ran into a case last year. Um, Basically, the long story was a client shows up, says, I got all these IRS letters. I don't know what to do and we look at the IRS letters and what it is, is he worked for a place (laughs) two years ago, um, was a bartender, didn't report his tips. Um, When the place got popped by the IRS, easiest way to explain it, they turned it over and said, hey, these guys never turned in their tip wages to us, yes, shame on us, we should have reported it, but we did report them a W-2, it's incorrect. So I'm assuming that the uh, employer paid a little bit of a fine, but they threw all the employees under the bus. The problem was the employees couldn't get the data because the uh, ex-employer was not going to give it to them because it could prove that they were wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So all these guys had to pay, you know, seven grand, um, which was the unreported tip income, the, the taxes on it. And it was a chunk of change too. Seven um, grand just to tell
0: somebody who's a waiter or a waitress yeah. or a bartender exactly. you owe us seven grand—that's a problem. It's a big problem. Um, but theoretically, that should have been put on their wages. And should, it should have been, have been and paid they should out yeah. every two weeks yep. over the course of a and year. And they would have
1: paid the tax on it, you know, a couple of years ago. So it was the original tax plus penalties and interest. And there's we don't have any we don't any, have any way to explain. Hey, it was never you know they never reported it it's really the employer's fault versus the employee's fault i think it's shared 50/50 but at the end of the day it's your te- it's your w2 so it's your problem
0: yeah at the end of the day i have to pay seven yeah. grand out of yeah. my pocket because over the course of a year it wasn't taken out of exactly. taxes yeah. um so you know and and it's here's here's a scenario if you had an employee a good employee they work hard they work paycheck to paycheck but, you know, every, every two weeks they're taking 50 bucks out of the cash register. That's, well, huh. that's, you know, yeah. as an employer, you're not going to let that stand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, you can, work, you can say, hey, you know, what's going on here? Can I help you? Yeah. You know, you don't have to steal from me. The government's saying, look, what are you doing here? Yeah. This, is, <laughs> this is income for you. You can't just put it in your pocket and walk away.
1: But you would think that the IRS would come out of the box with something maybe a little more. You yeah. Know, um, Less chippy. Yeah. Something <laughs> something goofy like, hey, we're going after this, you know, not, you right. know, the working people. But. That's that's where they're starting. Yeah, so. That kid
0: who who delivered your pizza, we yeah. want him. Yeah. That's <laughs> we want him in leg iron. Yeah. <laughs> Forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean it's it, it is what it is. Um so should these people be paying taxes? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But should we be going after them? I don't know. There might yeah. be bigger fish to there's,
1: fry. There's bigger fish to fry, guarantee it. But so. that's where they're starting. That's the first one announced for this year. Or so apparently they have the resources. To attempt this or start to try and pull it off, so
0: yeah. I'm glad they're going after the real criminals. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and meanwhile, you know, um, GE is, yeah. <laughs> is still with their their whole building full of Team tax attorneys. Of, uh,
1: tax attorneys don't pay tax.
0: Yeah, know? working on a way to not pay taxes yes. every year. Uh, speaking of that, State of the Union. What did Joe Biden say when it comes to taxes?
1: So one of the things in there is, A, they want to increase the stock buyback tax. Um, they want to basically, I think, push it to 3 percent. It's 1 percent currently. Um, and then the other thing that they were going for, which the unemployment rate, how you know they've created all these jobs and all this stuff – And so, yes, the unemployment rate as a number is historical low, 50-year low. I think it's 62, 69 was the last, um, you know, we were this good, 3.4 percent. But if you dig a little deeper, it's got a lot to do with COVID. um, And then it also has a lot to do with, and again, the, uh, I say the, Some of these think tanks will come back and say, hey, here's the real numbers. The problem is, is they're using an unemployment report number that might not be accurate and not saying, I mean, if you look anywhere, people are hiring. So I agree that from that side of the economy, it's it's racing away. The problem is, is when they use this unemployment rate, it was based on a 62.9% workforce participation, which means 62.9% of America was included in this calculation. But if you take some other facts that are out there <clears throat> that nobody explains because it gets boring, is in 2022, the IRS actually had more applications for tax ID numbers than they've historically ever had. I mean, that goes way back. So you go, what's that mean? It means people are bailing on their day job. Mm-hmm. They're not being really reported in that W-2 category because they've now started their own companies. And that's why they get a tax ID number. So it might be a little bitty, you know, hey, I got a hobby that I'm kind of turning into a, a day job or I walk completely. I quit my job. I'm self-employed now. They don't count in the unemployment rates. OK. So <clears throat> that's where you go, hmm, you know, a little interesting. Um, but again, because we're at such a low. the And, and then the next question is the 62.9 percent participation rate. Is it even right? I mean, is it? Forty. I mean, <laughs> right. We don't know, but in time we'll tell on that. But again, so it's not a outright lie by no means. But it's you say, hmm, how 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 factual is that to the economy? Yeah, what today?
0: stats are you yeah. using to? Yeah. And back a lot of our
1: up. government stats are. You know, they've been doing it for twenty years. Nobody's adjusted them yet, but I think here shortly they may do some a little little tinkering with the. the behind-the-scenes numbers for unemployment.
0: Because I want a real picture. Yeah. I want a real exactly. idea of exactly. what we're looking at. We always talk about the inflation numbers, and for some reason, they take out food and gas prices on that. Because
1: in 1981, they changed their calculations.
0: <laughs> well, what do I actually buy? Food you buy and gas. food and
1: gas. Well, unless you got an EV. Right. But still, you're buying gas. (laughs) If you got natural gas pumped in your house, um, we did the boneheaded uh, mistake of getting uh, gas fireplaces. We replaced our wood fireplaces because I was too lazy to go get wood, drag it. You know, it's cold out. You got to get it off the rack, bring it in. Um, My first gas bill, I was stunned. (laughs) So, yeah. It was like, huh, maybe we shouldn't have done that.
0: Right. so uh, the idea is what are the numbers that they're using yeah. and what are, what's the truth behind And what's the, the true
1: numbers? true numbers behind that which time will tell. Um there's a lot of think tanks that are working on this currently and again it's it's too hard to go oh hey it's this but they'll come to a conclusion they'll make the adjustment and then the the numbers will be maybe a little bit more realistic at the end of the day. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I want to talk about stock buybacks because it's- I heard McGraw talking about it. Uh, earlier in the week and uh, it's just an interesting kind of thing that corporations will do you yes. you file for a, an IPO initial public offering you you say hey i'm going to be part of we 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 were a private company and now we're yeah. going to be a public, public company. company so what happens in this whole process
1: so first you got to understand as a corporation how they get their capital to function okay most people don't think about that at the end of the day, but if you are a,
0: I think that you sell, you know, a thousand widgets and you make, yeah. you know, uh, a hundred bucks. That's that's how you make money.
1: But on top of that, what the games that get played with their stock. So if you are a privately held company, means your stock, you have stock, okay? Because you're a corporation, it's part of the charter. Um, but you're not publicly traded on any exchanges anywhere. Um, and there's some big companies right here in St. Louis that are private companies; they don't trade on an exchange. Um, so you won't by see design. them on the you Wall Yeah, reports. you don't see them on any of the Wall. You never see a report on them. <clears throat> Excuse me. All of their their transactions are are private to a degree. Um, but then you have companies that say, "Hey, we need capital, so we're going to go public," which means we're going to share, we're going to sell our shares in a, in a IPO, which is an, stands for initial public offering. So most people, what they don't realize is when that IPO goes down, the company that is selling the shares takes the bulk of the money. I mean, you're talking like, imagine visa going public happened 25 years ago. Um, millions of shares. At yeah. I was going to say how many, boxes shares, share. how many
0: shares are out there.
1: Well, well, that's market capitalization is what that is. So um, biggest out there is Coca-Cola. Um, so it's – and that's market cap. That's the total number of outstanding shares times its share price will give you a valuation. Um, but
0: – Like if I looked up
1: Coca-Cola,
0: will there be somewhere – some a number somewhere that says oh, yeah. they have 50 you know, million shares? Yeah,
1: 100 million or something of that. Oh, size. really? It's that Oh, high? yeah. It's huge, huge. Wow. So, so my one share, you're exactly you don't one much. Well, <laughs> it doesn't, but it does, because again, as you have these huge companies like that, stock buybacks are very important because they issue those shares at the IPO. The money goes into the company's coffers, so it goes right in their checkbooks, basically, and then they do what they need to do. United Parcel Service, as a corporation, was a family-owned private company. UPS, yeah, till. Uh, Maybe the late '90s. What they needed the money for is they needed a whole new fleet of trucks, and they realized what it was going to cost. So, so
0: they might be turning a profit of you know a million dollars every year, but but that's they need not going to buy them
1: two hundred million to buy new vehicles, right? So they do an IPO. So now they have the stock out there in the open market. I mean, the company themselves keeps a little bit; those are called treasury shares, um, but they sit on it. <clears throat> And what takes place is as the company goes forward, if they are extremely profitable, they will buy back shares in the open market. But they typically wait till the market dips a little bit and they reach out and they buy those shares and bring them back in and they put them on the shelf. And then whenever they need to capital, they don't have to go to the bank and borrow money. They just reach on the shelf, say, hey, sell these 10 shares. They take them out, put them back in the general circulation and resell them. The money comes right back to them. That's how they they get financing basically. So right now they're saying they're going to do a 1% stock buyback tax and they wanted to go to, I think he said 3%. Um, The question of the day is, is that really going to benefit anybody? Um, Maybe in tax revenue, but at the end of the day, that company is going to say, hey, it's cost of doing business, build it back into the products.
0: So when, when companies buy back stock, they take the stock out of circulation. Yes. Um, and so my stock, my one share is worth 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. Well, if they buy 50% of all the shares, then now my one share is probably doubled.
1: So – that gets into this weird, um, gets real technical, but gets into a poison pill scenario. So there's a formula built within the total number of outstanding shares. It says if any competitor ever tries to spy all of our shares, the shares dilute and they double or triple. And again, it's almost impossible. It kills the company from a share price, believe me, um, but it will keep that competitor from ever being able to buy. you. So if you snuck around and bought every share of General Motors, um, you couldn't do it because you're wasting your time. You could get majority stake or at least enough to say you're a majority stakeholder and then force the board to actually move people around for you. But you couldn't take over and get 51 percent of the shares. Sure. It's, it's impossible.
0: But do they – they don't take those shares and rip them up
1: that no, they buy No, they back. go right back on the shelf so, and they sit on the shelf.
0: But when they put them – so my, my share price doubled. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it may, oh, they took a bunch of money out and you know they took a bunch of shares out and now my my one stock is worth a lot more than it used to be. but as they go back to put these shares back in circulation, it could, theoretically yeah. my one share will start going down in value
1: depends on sure. how they dilute they're the flooding total the down. market if they again. flood the market, then it could dilute the share price. And that's what the companies have to be. And that's what the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, sits out there and watches and make sure that they don't do a stunt like that. But again, they don't want your – because they're shareholders too. They don't want that share price to fall off the cliff yeah. by doing something dumb. But again, you say they're going to create you know, a tax revenue based upon that 1 percent. Um, and you go, who's really going to pay it? It's at the end of the day. I believe that's going to be the consumer. It's not going to be the company. Well, there's
0: an idea that if you raise taxes on the companies, they'll just pass that on to exactly. the consumers, much like uh, what the tariffs. Yes. That they were oh, charging yeah. China. Yeah. You know, China's not just going to take it on the chin. They're going, they're to, going to
1: turn around and, and raise push the it. prices. Exactly. Of,
0: you know, yeah. and all those uh, TVs now. Are, are know, costing a little bit more goes and, up
1: by twenty yeah. bucks and you really don't feel it yet. But if it's multiple, you know, increases at some point in time, you say, "Hey, I'm not going to spend five thousand dollars for a TV."
0: Right, so, and I'm only getting taxed on that TV if I buy it. Exactly. So,
1: well, and then you're paying a sales tax, so that gets in a whole nother. Sure. <laughs>
0: But uh, stock buybacks, uh, it's 1% now and they're proposing maybe raising it to 3%. 3%
1: was what he threw out. Now, you know, are those like his wish list, you know, kind of you've seen that. You've heard all the different presidents in the past throw stuff out there. Um, we'll see. Um, again, the problem is, is there's a lot of stuff that's was supposed to be voted on, if you want to call it that, adjustments to tax law. And it hasn't seen the light of day. Probably won't until we get past this uh, uh, debt ceiling impasse, which could turn out bad. Yeah, but we'll have to wait and see. Um,
0: so a um, lot of things cooking right now. Yes. It is full-on tax season. It is tax season. Yes. So if you need help with your taxes, give Jeff a give call. Give us a call. 636-394-5524, 636 636-394- 394 Five five two four. Jeff Zufall, senior tax strategist and wealth advisor with Capital Advisory Group. And the idea out there is: Why would you want to take time on the weekends in February, March, early April? Yes. When the weather's when just nice getting out. nice yeah. out there, <laughs> why would you want to spend several hours inside going through papers, trying <clears> to <throat> crunch the numbers? The numbers themselves, it it's all Greek to me. Yeah. Some of the numbers are Greek, you know. Some of them are. (laughs) (laughs) Technically. But it's just it doesn't make any sense to me and I would spend way more time and effort.
1: Exactly. So Um, what's your time worth? If it's an easy return. Yeah. If it's an easy return, that's different. You just have a W-2, that's it. Okay. You can do the free file, you know, IRS's website, key your little stuff in, you're good to go. Um, Anything past that, you may be missing stuff. Um, And again, that the Tax software, look at this way. The tax, you buy the the software, um, you have to then spend the time to do it. So at the end of the day, when you do the math, you go, huh, it's probably worth having somebody else take care of it. Right. So –
0: Well, here, I'll give you a a perfect example. Um, For years and years, my sister did my taxes for me. When I got married, (laughs) she did uh, our taxes, married, filing jointly. Then my wife went back to school. Then we bought a house. Then we had a baby. Then we got uh, an investment property with my parents. Uh, Then my sister said, your taxes are way too complicated. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) And – did I say, well, we'll just have to do our own taxes now? Yeah. No, I said, I need a tax guy. <laughs> and that was Jeff Zufall. 636-394-5524. I'm smart enough to know that my time is worth yes. way more than trying to figure out how to do my own taxes. I'm going to get a guy to do that. And while I'm there, Jeff, we're also going to talk about um, you know, my 401K. Yeah. How much money should I be socking away? I added another 1% to go. my Roth and another 1% to my 401K, and, yes. and that was off of Jeff's, I'll never miss it, it comes right <laughs> out of my paycheck, Does. I never even see it, it goes into my retirement account, and when I'm 65, or as Jeff likes to remind me, maybe when you're 70. Maybe 70. <laughs> maybe when I'm 70 and I finally get to retire, I'll be thanking forty year old, 41-year-old Josh yeah. for and that <laughs> by, Saying, by 1% you. every yes. year. Jeff Zufall, thank you so much, you can do our taxes for us, You can tell us what our tax implication is every two weeks when we get paid, uh, and we can figure out, should I do an FSA? Should I do an HSA? What else is out there for me to take advantage of to lower my tax implications so I can keep more of what's mine? Yes. Keep What's Yours <laughs> with Jeff Zufall every Saturday afternoon.
1: We'll see you next week, Jeff. You betcha. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Keep What's Yours with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Manager at Capital Advisory Group. To learn more, call 636 394